This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. It's so good to see you, and happy old year. Oh, no, no, we did the new year thing last time, didn't we? In the northeast where I come from, you tend to say happy new year for quite a while. (laughs) Yeah, so happy new year, or happy old year, although year is still quite young, really, isn't it? Anyway, we've got started, we're into January, and uh, yeah... We're making progress. The weather is winterish. <laughs> it's wet, cold, sunny, cold, wet, and all that kind of stuff. Oh, well, there we go. It'll change. I have noticed, though, that the light is improving. It's getting darker later. Is that the right, right, right way to describe it? So in the evenings, there is more light. It's getting darker a little bit later each day, and that's so, so welcome. Over the years, I have been keeping alpacas. I've regularly been so grateful for the support, encouragement, and essential skills of the vets, generally, but particularly from St. James's Veterinary Group here in Swansea. I think I've seen most of them here at one time or another, and over time, we've kind of trained each other. Well, at least I've given them opportunity to get experience and stretch their learning. Working as a team is so beneficial. In the last episode, I talked with Tamara Van Duren about the best way to get the best from your vet, how to give them what they need to do their job effectively, and how to approach working together as a team for the benefit of all, especially our alpacas. I loved the way Tamara talked about when she was learning and was at university, starting with healthy animals as the main focus, knowing what normal is. She also suggested that we keep in touch with our vets and don't be afraid to contact them for advice, develop trust and a rapport with them. She talked about how being honest with your vet is so vital. Give them the full picture. And then the practicalities of providing a shed or shelter, dry area to work, ideally with some light, and know how to restrain and handle your animals. The wonders of a catch pen and learning to handle your alpacas, all of which we've talked about in previous episodes. In this episode, we go further into the support we can get from our vets, looking at herd health plans, So check the episode notes for details of NADIS, which we talk about, the National Animal Disease Information Service. There's a website that's based here in the UK, and I'm sure there may be similar things wherever you are. But it's a great source of information of what's going on in terms of the parasites, particularly. For vets here in the UK, you can point them to BVCS, the British Veterinary Camelid Society, a great source of knowledge and support from vets around the UK. And also we give a special shout out to Claire Whitehead, a vet who specialises in camelids 
and runs many courses for owners, but also particularly for vets. The big vet course that Tamara and I discuss is starting very soon on the 17th of January, and I'm sure there'll be others at other relevant training coming later in the year. So do go out and check out Claire's website, which is the UK Alpaca Vet. So it's ukalpacavet.com. It's definitely worth a browse for owners too, and there's some good supplies. There's a, there's a shop. You can buy stuff. So have a look at that, see just what might be useful for you to have access to. So here we are, second part of my interview with Tamara. Hope you enjoy. Oh, I've got it. I've got a naughty question. Right. Why does everything seem so expensive? <laughs> That's. I think this is this is going about veterinary in general rather than just alpacas. Mm. Um, I think with the NHS, we don't realise how much things cost, and um, I right. and I think yeah. uh, medicine is expensive. I mean, like I said, I've been to uni for well six plus years. Most of us have been to uni five or six years. Um, and all the equipment is not cheap. Like we've been trying to buy an endoscope and that's quite pricey. So it's, mm. it's, it's all very expensive from the medical side up. The minute you put medical in front of it, like supplies tend to charge yeah. a lot more. With alpacas, it's a bit, it can be a bit challenging because nothing is like when it comes to drugs wise, nothing is licensed. Now that's got pros and cons. So when I say a drug is not licensed, it means that no research has been done on that particular animal with that particular drug. So there's no available dosage. There's no available data on how an animal respond to it. With sheep and alpaca, we kind of extrapolate from uh, – with alpacas, we kind of extrapolate from sheep and cattle and goats and what we know about them. But they are very different animals. So they can they can obviously react very differently. So we don't we have to guess a little bit. It's they're educated guesses. Don't get me wrong, but we still guess mm. a little bit. Um, yeah. If if there was a company that do the research and license their product for alpacas, so, oh trust me, the price will go up because they would be the only ones, <laughs> and they can drive the I price. Know. So it's got pros Absolutely. and cons of not having licensed medicine. And at the moment, I'd probably say financially, it's probably better to use non-licensed drugs because it's yeah, and it's purely a numbers, it is a numbers game, game, isn't it? Yeah. Really? But ex why veterinary is expensive is it is medical care is expensive it's the same with uh yeah. with when you go to if you go to the hospital and get surgery done then you know you don't get the bill at the end of the day and i wish they would send people out bills because i think they'd appreciate a lot more how <laughs> oh, i'm gonna say something really controversial yeah. now but how cheap veterinary actually is in a lot of ways yeah i know it's expensive yeah. but compared to human medicine yeah yeah and i think there's a, there, there can be a temptation to say oh i'm i'm, I'm not going to get the vet to come in but but actually for me it's part of the contract we we kind of have with our animals yeah. that we we look after um that that we care for them we give them good food and water and and all the the kind of the basics yeah. but also when they need attention then we will make sure that they get the appropriate attention and we won't just not exactly. do something and therefore we we've got to build into the whole approach we, we're taking you've got to recognize the cost yeah financial cost of, of, uh, of veterinary care it's not going to be there all the time but there will be times when yeah. it's needed and you've got to kind of ha have it in your budget yeah. As it were. yeah very much and i think okay. if you if you ring even if you ring for advice the sooner you ring often it's going to save you money in the long run because if mm. there's a simple infection then we can treat that but if you wait three four weeks by the time then it might be horrendous and it might take a lot longer to 
get things sorted if if we can get them sorted. So sometimes yeah. it is it is finding that balance. Obviously, you don't want to ring for every every little cut or nick or whatever, but you it's finding that balance in what what works. Yeah, and we certainly any interactions I've had with with vets from St James's, we we work yeah. together. But I've I've learned a lot and and asked questions, <laughs> so it's helpful to to kind of pursue those yeah. things and 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 watch <laughs> watch what the vet does. Yeah. Oh, that's the that's the best way to do that. Mind you, mind you, I, there are times when it, particularly for for. Uh, injections and vaccinations and things. I'm going. Oh, that's all right for you because it's it's it's. I'm holding the animal and you're just doing the injection. I've got to hold the animal and do the injection and at injection, times. And it's yeah. it's a little bit of an extra yeah. challenge. But there, we, you know, there's 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 uh, tactics yeah. <laughs> that we can exactly. employ for that. And that's where that relationship between your vet is very important because if you yeah. if you get an animal said like you've rung me before tomorrow, the animal's lame, and we come to the farm regularly. I I know you're looking out. I say right. You have some pain relief, see how it goes. If no improvement, we'll come out and have a further look at it. That is often an option, um, but that's not mm. an option if we if we never come on farm. That's only an option if we go mm. regularly because the animal needs to no, be, yeah. the legalities of it is the animal needs to be under our care. Sure. So we need to make sure that we comply with that those those rules. And yeah. if you have that good feedback with your vet as well, and then they know as well when you ring, they know, okay, this is how severe it is or how, how okay it is or yeah. what we need to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I've got a vague question yeah. is a different thing to, I really think you need to come now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, I've been, and I've been in both situations, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we, all, we all learn together as, yeah. as we go along. One of, one of the things you mentioned earlier was about a health plan, yeah. a herd health plan. What What's the best approach for that? Now, I, I had this whizzy idea of a piece of paper for for the tape, yeah. <laughs> for, the, for, for the, I'm showing you. Yeah. And it's basically taking a piece of A4, dividing, putting it into quarters, and then you've got your four seasons. And that's probably a good place to start. Yeah. So, how would you approach giving somebody a, a, who just got alpacas a kind of a structure to think through yeah. how they put a herd plant, health plan? Together? So it's it's always a bit. Um, Health planning is very extensively done again in cattle and sheep and alpacas. We just extrapolate from from them. So definitely starting with seasons. What do you do in what season? What works for your farm? What is the status on your farm? Um, are there any diseases particularly that have been there in the past that are there now that we need to maybe vaccinate against or need to control or need to? What is your yard, um, your field management? Do you have one field where they just live in all year round? Um, I'm thinking about worms in that case. You might want to take, take sure. a different different yeah. plan. So initially, I'd start with what type of herd are we talking about? Are we talking about a breeding herd? Are we talking about pet herd? That, that side of things. Because if you're just talking about a pet herd, you don't have the, 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 the breeding side of it to worry about. But then again, if you have breeding herd, you might want to vaccinate differently. And, and then it's very much trying to find out... Um, Worming is obviously very essential, but vaccine-wise, it's like, mm. what are we going to use? Um, again, nothing is licensed, so we're going back to the sheep and the cattle dr- cattle vaccines to see what we can use in alpacas. And we we kind of work that out, what the best time of year to do it is. A lot of vaccines need to be done uh, before a certain time of breeding, or you don't want to handle them when they're, when they're heavily pregnant. So you, you kind of then start mm. working your way back backwards from again with breeding breeding is usually the starting point if you've got a breeding herd so you kind of start working your way around that then you don't want to be doing loads of stuff um 
when they're highly pregnant because it can stress them out and cause abortions. Um, then again, your shearing will be in there. Um, a lot of things you can do during shearing. I, I know like vitamin D for alpacas is very important because they don't get enough of it in this country. So it's often supplemented and it's often supplemented during shearing. There are some pros and cons on it. Obviously, with shearing, sometimes they can get a little bit of infection or whatever going on. But vitamin D supplements is then easily given when they're when you've, you're handling them anyway. It saves them, you know, getting them back in and handling them again at a later date or an earlier date. So it's then slowly you start building this this plan together. What works on the farm because that's the key thing about health plans. They are very individual for every farm because every farm works slightly different and has a different handling system or or different. Yeah, just how they work together. Then with worming as well, we tend to kind of follow the NADIS forecast as well when it comes to fluking. And mm. um, the NADIS is a great website when you're looking at into sheep and cattle um, issues. And they, as a practice, we use the NADIS forecast uh, and send out a parasite like advice every month, I think it is. Mm. Um, and that helps as well because we, with fluke, it depends on the time of year, the humidity and all that kind of thing. So you go, right, okay, yeah. um, now's the time to fluke because you've had the email. You go, all oh, right, we need to fluke this month. And then you can you, you kind of work that in. With the climate changing as well, the seasons sometimes mm. muddle get together a bit, which can make it very confusing. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how we fit them together, the health plan. So, so the NADIS site, I mean, we, we put a link in the yeah. in the show notes for that, on the episode notes, because I think they also do a, a include fly stock yes. information yeah. as well, which is really, really useful. Yeah. I mean, we had one that, that got uh, hit with fly strike in October. And I'm thinking, yeah. excuse me, yeah, exactly. <laughs> where have you yeah. come from? Like, what are you doing? And it was, there, it was only the one, and she had to predisposition yeah. and all the rest of it but she she tends to, to be if, if anyone's going to get affected she is um, but i was just caught i just wasn't expecting yeah. it to be as late yeah. but it was just the weather and the warmth and the dampness yeah. and where it went yeah yeah we're getting it it's all muddling so, together now because it's, it's it's we've had a couple mm. of cases that really weird cases like i've had allergy horses this time of year which normally i don't really see because it's oh, gone right. colder mm. but now because it's been warm we, we still see them yeah yeah yeah, not as a challenge. Now, I know there's an organisation, uh, BVCS, yes. the British Veterinary Camelot yeah. Society, uh, and I, I believe you're involved Very in active role. in it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, one of my – I'm going to use the word frustration. One of my – one of my. Mm, I'll use the word yeah. frustration. One of my frustrations is I can't get access to the information because no, it's, it's just for yeah. vets, uh, yeah. which is – which is a, uh, there are times I'd like to be able to explore and see what, what information but, – but it's good to know that that, yeah. that all the vets around the country have got access. So you're talking earlier about the the dosage yeah. and that kind of thing. That there is somewhere for vets to go yeah. to talk to other people to get some who can talk the same language yeah. um, to get the the information uh, from there. But also, I think there's some um, conferences yeah, yeah. Or, or things that are periodic and occasionally, because I, I have been to one, occasionally the the, uh, the owners get a chance to come yeah. in. And join join in part. I of that. think it's it's a fantastic group to be a member of. We're very supportive of each other, and there often pictures get posted, and it's it's always good, regardless of species. It's always good to bounce ideas off of the vets as well, because if you sometimes you're stuck on a path and and you you just can't get out of it, and then you you get it takes somebody else to go. Have you thought about this? And you go, oh yeah, of course, <laughs> and then you're back on track again with some cases because they can be very frustrating, and especially with alpacas because they're not. It's not something we deal with daily. 
the more of us who stick our heads together and share information, the better the knowledge will become. And it's about like anesthetic protocols or weird and wonderful uh, presentations um, of diseases that might just be slightly different in alpacas than we see in other animals. And just just getting together and talking about it is really it's really really helpful. I've I've had some weird and wonderful cases and just been able to discuss it with other vets that also you know, have an interest in alpacas and go, actually, I've seen one of those and or, I did this. So have you thought about that? And it, it just makes such a difference. And um, I think you've got the British Camelid Society, I think it is. Um, that's not the veterinary, but it's the general owner's one. There's, there's that. And there's also British Alpaca yeah, Society yeah. as well, um, so, which is the most Yeah, the, the Camelid Society is actually funding vets. So if any vets are listening, try and get All into right. this. They are funding vets to do a, um, a, a big CPD course. I've done an alpaca course mm. recently, so I'm actually trying to get one of my colleagues to do the big alpaca course um, next year. And it's, I think... Uh, is, is that the one the vet, vet um, that um, Chloe yes, White Yes, exactly. That's it. Because so, ah, I, I saw that and thought, oh, that yeah, looks good. Yeah. Okay. So we'll have a link for exactly, that in the, yeah. the episode notes as well. Um, so she's yeah. uh, she's doing a big vet course, uh, which I think it's it's mostly online for a couple of weeks. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think it's the vet course or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Because the big vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's a fantastic title for a conference. <laughs> yeah. So she's um she's doing a couple of a couple of evenings, I think it is, or but you can rewatch right. it back. Uh you sign up, but the um, So the so British... this is this is the Yeah, so but this is this is online then. Yeah, it's online and she's offering, I think it is uh a day of practicals. So we go up to her right. and do practicals. But it's partly funding Excellent. but funded by the British Camelot Society. So it's excellent. By, it's really yeah. Good to hear. So yeah. I think it's fifty percent funded, I believe, top of my head. So it's really good mm. to kind of get more vets and like educated and get get up to up to speed with alpacas. Yeah, brilliant. So thinking about other resources more generally for alpaca owners, are there things that you could think of or recommend? Um, I think I think that's nothing comes to mind straight away. I think the mm. the societies are generally quite good to get information about, and your vet is is a good one. And if even yeah. if you you speak to your vet, your vet goes, "Oof, I'm not not very familiar with alpacas." Get them to join the the alpaca the the camelid society, the veterinary society. Yeah. It's. 20, 25 yeah. quid a year or something like that. It's it's nothing. I think it's really ridiculous. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really it's really not that expensive. So I'm I like if even if I've run out of CPD budget, mm. I just pay for it myself because it's it's a good <laughs> good much to be yeah. be part of. And um yeah, so I think even if if your vet is not you, you can tell they're not that confident because I think you recommended it for me and that's how I got jo- mm. I joined them. Right. So it's it does sometimes take owners that they know that to to ushers along mm. and then we can help them further along if needed well there we are that was a treat for me hopefully it was useful and a bit of a treat for you too we shall see where we go to from this going through the year but hopefully that was useful so check out the episode notes which will have details of some threads that you can pull and go get some more information and find out about the things we were talking about. But uh, hopefully we've got some practicalities that we can put to use. So go spend some time with an alpaca in the cold. (laughs) Oh, by the very grey at the moment. They're so uh, wet and dirty. But 
a bit of wind, a bit of sun, and they dry clean. They're amazing dry clean animals, are alpacas. They dry and they become clean. And all the dust goes somewhere. Yeah, glad it's not in the house. So there you go. Go spend some time with an alpaca and I'll see you again soon. Thanks for being here. Take care. Bye for now. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.